this week on episode 31 of Dying Alive Podcast. We'll probably talk about the Stanley Cup final a little bit. Probably a little bit talk about hockey somewhat. Probably talk about Phil Kessel a little bit. Maybe got some news for you on Phil Kessel. Maybe uh, talk about the Penguins and uh, French Toast. Episode 31 of the Dying Alive Podcast. Folks, I'm going to disappoint you right off the bat. I was lying about the French toast. <laughs> Not going to talk about it at all. Just threw that in there as thinking about breakfast tonight. I am uh, Jesse Marshall of the Athletic Pittsburgh, joined as always by uh, my friends, Pat Damp of uh, the pensblog.com. Say hello, Patrick. Hey, Jesse. You really took us for a spin on that uh, French toast, French toast thing there. Got your hopes up just to let you down. Yeah. And uh, from pensburg.com. Mike Darnay. Hello, Michael. Hello. That's it. Just hello. Yeah. Uh, so you're really taking us to flavor down. <laughs> right out of the gate here. I'm, I'm not a French toast guy. You're not? I'm not. Okay. Well, well we, can't, we can't be double liars here. We can't get into French toast talk when we said we wouldn't do it. That's true. Yeah, we got to get, we gotta get <laughs> moving. Well, um, yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah, so, uh, boy, it's the summer... I think the last time the Penguins played a game was 1990. It feels like it. It does. Like I remember the Penguins pretty fondly. That, that was a good. That was a fun team that existed. Seemingly, it's a good run. Seemingly decades yeah, ago. Yeah, but it, it it really does feel like forever ago. I remember the day of Game Four. I had a baseball game to shoot in the afternoon, and it was legitimately cold outside still. Yeah, it was cold. Although I do feel like we skipped spring. Does anyone else? Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, just, we went from, like, baby winter right into summer. Yeah. It, currently, it's like if it's not raining, it is hot in summer. Yeah. Shouts out to everybody out there whose house is sopping wet right now. Just your basement maybe has got some bullfrogs in it. We're thinking about you. We're sorry to hear it. Yeah, we got you. Our apologies. Don't ask us for money. Um, moving on, uh, not only are we not only are we mourning the fact that uh, there's been no Penguins hockey on the television, we're mourning the fact that uh, it, it almost seems like we're living in a world now where uh, Jim Rutherford's got his finger on the proverbial nuclear button. Um, this Phil Kessel stuff. Let me drop a nugget on you guys. I want to drop two nuggets on you. How about that? I like nuggets. The first nugget is yeah. that this was – I don't know that this was ever supposed to be, like, made public, right? Like, I, the, the Penguins in the wild did not uh, actively seek out someone to, like, plant this information to. Like, a third party was involved, and that's where the information generated from. Mm-hmm. So I think that the shit hit the fan in this situation pretty early – uh, in the sense that, you know, going from maybe saying like, hey, I'm asking about Phil Kessel too. Now the whole world knows what's going on. He's not happy. We're not happy. Uh, and this is just a bad situation all around. So first, let me get out. Of, let me get in front of that to say that I don't know that anyone was supposed to know what was going on here. Well, real quick, I, real quick before nugget number two, I agree with what Friedman said about it, where it was neither side was happy. So that's why it got out. I would I would actually go as far as to say that I think that 
it got out before people were unhappy. And that's fair. That's totally fair. Like, I think it's I think it's it's probably like one of those things where it's a couple having an argument, and then there's like there's the man's argument, the woman's argument, and then the truth is somewhere in the middle. Like the penguins and Drake. Wa- Drake once said that Patrick. All right. There's two sides to every story. So, so, so would you? Truth gets told. So, would you say this is a similar situation to the um, Philadelphia Flyers when it was rumored and reported that Joel Quenneville was going to be their next coach, and then he found out that the report got out before it was a actual thing, and then the whole thing was done before it was ever a thing. I, I would say that I think that both teams would just have preferred, you know, to have no meddling in this. Yes. So, so obviously general managers, team executives have their sources they go to on things. When both of them are reading about it and neither of them have talked to anybody, it's a Oh, sure. Right. Yeah. No, 100%. Yeah. 100%. It's yeah. like, and okay. I, and I don't think that like – I don't think this is a situation where like Phil Kessel found out through the media. I think he was just pissed, you know. Like I think he was just like, "No, you know, like I'm not into this." Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing well, too. I'm always on the side of the players for this, where it's like if you got your contract negotiated to the point where you have a no movement clause or you have to approve where you go, yeah, flex it. Well, I don't even think it's just that as much as it's like this is so premature, in my opinion, you know. Like every everything has this has an expiration date in this sport, right? Uh, I don't know that we're at this one yet. It's like it, it strikes me as a year too early. Yeah, I feel like the Penguins want to trade Phil Kessel because they just got to do something, right? Yeah, yeah got to yeah. do something. So on that note, um, you'll 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 get this this week at some point or another this week. Uh, current players not named Phil Kessel who were really mad about this. So so non Phil Kessel players who were mad that in Pittsburgh were shopping Phil Kessel. Right. In Pittsburgh. Interesting. Yeah. You're saying that'll be something coming out on the athletic this, this week. week? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I look yeah. forward to that. And it's like a non solicited opinion. It's 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 an interesting situation. Yeah, it wasn't like it, was, someone, it wasn't reporter somebody, walking up to guy and being like, How do you feel? Somebody, yeah, it was like at a, at an event, you know, that was unrelated to any like apropos of nothing, right? And I was like, well let me tell you how I feel about this. It was the it was just it, it was the Twitter. I'm meme. not gonna spoil the beans. Yeah, I won't spoil the beans on who it is or what they said. It was, it was, um just stay tuned. I don't want to scoop somebody yeah. scoop, but even yeah. even though the trade obviously did not happen. How would you have felt if the reported deal that was on the table had gone through? Probably that would have been the best one they're going to get. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think if I, that doesn't mean I loved it by the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, <laughs> like you're, you're potentially able to shed Jack Johnson, which is good on oh, the massive positive, but you're, and you're picking up Jason Zucker, which is good, but you're also picking up Victor Rask, which is just kind of a wash. Well, I mean, or actively bad, depending on how you. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing I can, the thing I would say to that is, it's a lot easier to hide four million dollars on the fourth line on a wing than it is to hide Jack Johnson on any pairing. And right. it's a lot easier to hide a twelfth forward 
than it is to hide a sixth defenseman just by but shooting. It's, it's also, I was going to say it's also a lot easier to hide a bad player on a good team with two elite centers. Right. Yeah. And look, that's the price you pay for somebody taking Jack Johnson. I mean, yeah. you're, you're sleeping yeah. in the bed that you made. I so. saw when, when that whole thing was going on, I saw somebody mentioned um, it was similar to when Chicago had to pay the price of giving up Tavo Teravainen to get rid of Brian Bickle. Yeah, yeah, similar well, and, similar and, to Washington giving up Brooks Orpik to Colorado to buy him out. Yeah. They needed they needed an extra sweetener in there, and that was Grubauer. And let me just be clear too that this wasn't a situation where the pen, like, and I, a lot of people on Twitter misunderstood this as okay. Well, the Penguins are getting rid of Phil Kessel to facilitate getting rid of Jack Johnson. No, that's not how this is going. Getting rid of Phil Kessel is something that the Penguins think that they need to do independent of whether or not Jack Johnson is on this team at all. Oh, yeah, Jack Johnson I, I never absolutely came get, to I absolutely get yeah. the vibe that Jim Rutherford wants to trade Phil Kessel. It, bingo. There you go. So, And then you go to a player. You ask him if he wants to move. The general manager of that team calls him. They have a conversation, and then he says no afterwards. Of course, now, you know, the, the, now the cat's out of the bag. You know, of course he's – you know, like you said earlier, you side with the player on it where you're like, hey, you know, business, but you also, you know, have a, a ironclad contract that says you kind of get to dictate how this goes. Um, unfortunately for the Penguins, that means that, you know, any upper hand or, um, you know, they're, they're George Costanza and that they've got no hand. <laughs> well, Seinfeld reference there for you, well, folks. Uh, and you know, what? let me let me drop this one on here. Real quick uh, with the Phil Kessel stuff because, as I'm sure a lot of you saw last week, uh, we at Penn's blog we did a Phil Kessel week. We just dropped a lot of stuff about Phil. I did a piece on Tuesday that was just scattered like a scattered kind of stream of consciousness about Phil, right? Because I'm a gigantic Phil Kessel fan. I always have been when he was in Boston, when he was in Toronto, when he was here. Still is here. I don't know why I put that past tense. He hasn't been traded yet. But I put at the end, we do also kind of have to remove the character from the player here, right? Like, I love Phil Kessel. He's obviously a point-per-game player. He did incredible things in the four seasons he's been a Penguin. But, and I'm sorry to bring these guys up on our podcast, but we got to go, we got to think a little New England Patriots here. For the last decade, the the New England Patriots' bread and butter has been basically Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski, right? Those are your big dogs. The Penguins' big dogs are Crosby and Malkin, and everybody else is expendable. And Phil Kessel's job when they got him was to blow the championship window for Crosby and Malkin wide open again. In four years, he did that. As a matter of fact, the summer after they acquired him, they were celebrating a championship, and he was a huge, huge part of that. So, in the grand scheme, he did his job. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm happy about it. Uh, that's just like I think no, that's I'm a not, way to look no, at no, it. No, yeah, I'm not happy either. Um, you know, I know a lot's been made of the point per game thing, but like, look, folks, it's a reality. If you lose a point per game in production, you've got to find it somewhere else, right? You have to find it somewhere else. Where is it coming from? J- Jason Zucker, great start. Got to give me something. Victor Ask doesn't move the needle enough. You you got to replace the production, in my opinion. Yeah, I also think 
and maybe this is just me talking myself into a trade that's already dead, but, you know, like you said, Zucker's a good start. Rask is whatever. Maybe he's a pleasant surprise and revitalizes in the bottom six. But I also think a full season of Jared McCann and Nick Bugstad helps aid the loss of production you get by moving Phil Kessel. A little bit, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, unless one of them goes on some kind of like unprecedented, like you know, scoring slump next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll probably happen. <clears throat> Good job, Pat. I, I mean, I just from what I saw out of those two. Send your hate mail too at synonym for, for what? what on Twitter. It's a great Twitter handle, and you guys all actually, know. you know what? Send your hate mail to Pat, even if it's not about something he said. Yeah. You just send it to him. I mean, that's I agree. that's standard operating <laughs> procedure for Twitter for me. It's just. Fling your arrows. I'm here. Send all your hate mail. And then I'll reply with bad puns, and you guys will get even angrier. Well, look, we got to talk about the Stanley Cup final here. And the big news out of St. Louis is that this uh, Jamoke from Barstool, David Portnoy, or whatever his name is, got struck in the head with a, a towel in quote, game uh, three. Quote, quote, unquote, quote, unquote, assaulted. Yeah, he was assaulted. Yeah, bullies are bullies until they get punched in the fucking face. My favorite part of the whole thing is watching people that are like fans of Barstool break this down like it's the Zapruder film. <laughs> like, I mean, like, like there's somebody it's, else it's, on a it's second. Peak, it's peak Barstool sports behavior. They, they, I don't even know why I want to talk about this because I'm already pissed off about it. But they, <laughs> it's like, they, they break it down like it's the Zapruder film, but then you show a video of somebody, they like punching somebody square in the face and they're like, oh, I didn't see it. Yeah. No, it's, Local man, yeah. Local man it, it's, asks. It's sociopathic behavior. Local man asks person to punch him in the face, then is confused why person punched him in the face. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel bad. Um, so anyway, get that aside, St. Louis has a two uh, games to one lead in the series. I believe the series is tied two it's two. Two, it's two two. You're two, right. Jesse. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to block that second Boston one out of my head. <laughs> it's like I forgot about it all. It's like I just totally. I totally like blacked it out. Like that's so funny. Uh, I just can't. I can't deal with the Bruins. I can't deal with them, and they're so freaking good. That's the thing. It's so annoying is how like, good they are. And we were talking about it on this show, and I apologize because I missed our last uh, podcast. Um, yeah, you let the inmates run the asylum. Let the inmates run the asylum. Anyway, um, you know, we mentioned that like. In the, at the end of the regular season, like you get on like the stretch from like late Boston or late Boston, late February on, Boston was the team that was just unbelievable. But they were right behind Tampa, and Tampa was so good that you didn't notice how good Boston was. I hate you know, I hate that they're so good. I know, but here's the good news: I think St. Louis can do it. I really do. I know it's easy to say that now that the series is tied, but like St. Louis has just got to stop. They, if they can, I think about like the overtime from game one and then period large portions of four. I just feel like the St. Louis's problem is they let the foot off the gas. And when they do, they yeah. just get whomped. You know, those moments where they're, they're, that level of engagement is in there. They got to keep that same pace that they had in the overtime. Um, Cause they just absolutely swarmed Boston and they couldn't do anything to get out of their own end. Yeah. I mean, I have two thoughts, one about each team. Um, oh, great. First thought. Can we talk about how bad that Buffalo trade was for Ryan O'Reilly? Oh, dude. I know, but, yeah, I know, but I was told the reason the Penguins were any good in 16 and 17 was only because of Botterill. Yeah. 
Um, and second, going back to how good Boston is, I go back to the second round when Boston was playing Columbus and Bruce Cassidy said he had a quote where he was at a press conference and he said, you, you hear a lot of teams and a lot of coaches talk about how, how when we go on the road in the game, we want to weather the storm in the first 10 minutes. He says, I disagree. I want to create the storm. That's like an amazing coaching tactic and quote. Yeah. You know, take the crowd out of the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that, that uh, you know, we're in a situation now where, like, the word heavy is is a, is a synonymous with just saying that the team is good. Yeah. Right? Like, it was like, oh, Boston's so heavy. But, like, when you watch them play, you're like, no, they're just suffocating the other team. Boston, yeah, Boston's, Boston's, heavy, Boston's he- team. Heavy. Oh, good. Boston's team height is also under the average of the NHL. Just throw that out there. Shocking that Pat would come out with the stats supporting low height. Yeah, it's propaganda if I've ever heard it. No comment. No. <laughs> you must be too far away from the microphone for, for us to be able to hear. Lower your mic. <laughs> it was just such a it was just such a stretch, I didn't feel like I needed to respond. I was gonna say heavy heavy feels like a combination of teams who skate well, hit well, play the puck well. It's just it's good, kind of a it's yeah. it's just good forechecking teams. They're good forechecking yeah. teams. They're 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 hard. Both teams are hard on the puck on the forecheck. They're not passive. That's that pe- people like you said, Mike, are using the word heavy incorrectly. Like they're not big bruising teams. They just forecheck really well. No, hundred percent agree with you. And um, I think that, I think that's just like I think it's another one of those terms that just gets tossed about, you know, as a part of like the vernacular yeah. about a team, and it, it becomes you know this narrative. Um, but I don't particularly. Again, I'm not saying that these are like you know what's I guess what quote unquote soft hockey teams, you know, but they're not. Their games aren't predicated on you know get in the boards and just play dirty all the time. You know, get rough it up. You know, it's, that's not how this is going. Like, there's still an element of that in the Bruins game just because of a, a couple of players they employ. But they're also a very fast, very skilled team. I mean, you have the likes of Charlie McAvoy and David Posternock, and those guys are just so good. And you don't think of the – the and, and not to mention, you also still have uh, Krejci and you still have Bergeron. Like – those are well, and even even young talent like Jake DeBrusque, who when the Bruins had that draft with three picks in a row, people thought they whiffed on all three of them, and he's incredible. Yeah, who's the idiot now? You know, yeah. who's the big dumb dumb now? And also, hot take: um, if the Bruins were in any other city, I would actively be rooting for this team. However, they are in Boston. Yep. It's just it's more. I don't want Boston to get another championship. Which, yeah, I know, ironic from me, a Pittsburgh fan, but, like, there's a lot to like on that team if you really just look at that team. No, sure. I mean, like, I would never get sick, uh, I think, at any age of watching Patrice Bergeron, like, play hockey. Patrice Bergeron is unbelievable. I brought We brought up Pasternak, DeBrusque, McAvoy. Uh, and I mean Tuka Rask too. Like the guy has been a top tier elite goalie his entire 
career in Boston, save for like half a season. Sure. And they still want to run him out of town. Uh, he's he's probably murdered like eleven people though. Probably. Probably. What's your what's your supporting evidence for this, Michael? Because he's nuts. He's a goalie. They're all nuts. Yeah, that's like saying every goalie's probably murdered eleven or twelve people. That's probably true too. We should start a podcast. Crime podcasts <laughs> are like really popular. Maybe how to how to how to make a murderer goalie, or maybe just like Turk like. How about a show called like Tuka Rask colon Murderer? <laughs> I'd watch it. My favorite Tuka Rask murder. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Je- Jesse, um, I want to read a tweet for you. Oh, great! Uh, I can't wait. Is it, Just, is it? Is it for me? Um, is it for? No, it's not for you. Okay. Um, I, I actually found out about this tweet because of you. So. Oh, as interesting. Soon, okay. As soon as I start reading it, you're gonna. You're gonna, I'm gonna know. It. Okay. Um. Tweet said, huge congratulations to Liverpool Football Club on behalf of literally everyone at West Ham United. I know, literally everyone. <laughs> I really like that tweet a lot. I really like that tweet. As, as time went on and uh, like things having gone the way that they went were like you, you were almost, you know, for f- 45 minutes, you know, c- convinced that Ajax was going to play Liverpool in the Champions League final. Mm-hmm. I was like you know, learning the native language and like <laughs> wearing clogs, you know, I had like leader hosen ready to go. And then it's like, shit, goddamn Tottenham won. Uh, and then I just immediately became scouse. Yeah. I went around the neighborhood, uh, locally and sold the hubcaps off everybody's cars and pawned it for cash. How'd it feel? Great. I felt great. Yeah. yeah. But nobody could understand a goddamn thing I was saying for four <laughs> weeks. Um, no, congratulations to you, Michael. I, I, you know what? I don't give a shit. It was, I don't care. It, it felt like it's the worst game too. It sucks. It, it, it was, <laughs> it was, it, it, it felt like though, silver lining in a way of a 97 point season that didn't, at least you didn't anything. fuck all after <laughs> the second highest point total. In the I know. Really I know. Three. Yeah. Um, I was watching, so I had a wedding to shoot on Saturday and they asked me to be there at five o'clock. I'm like, oh man, that's what a kick in the nuts. Yeah, like, that's I'm like that's <laughs> tight time wise. So I was sitting at Starbucks in Irwin, watching on my phone, and when they scored the second goal, I was like, yes! And there were like six people in Starbucks looking at me, making sure I was okay. Yeah, I'm like, I'm good, I'm good. Don't worry about it. And then I had to leave immediately after it was over to go shoot the wedding. So I had to postpone on watching all the trophy lifts and celebrations and everything until uh, Sunday morning. Pat, for a frame of reference here for you, um, and to explain the tweet, Tottenham Hotspur are um, um, not, you're not a fan of Tottenham if you're a West Ham supporter. So when they lost... Because they are um, both London-based. Well, yeah, and they're just mongrels. So... (laughs) So... Um, so it's, it's Penguins Flyers. Yeah. Well, here's the thing that's cool. The best part about it is that Tottenham's always like the bridesmaid. You know, like they, they're always second place in everything. They never win. Um, so keeping that streak alive is something that's been very important to me. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, not winning is because not winning is something that 
we're really good at East London. Congrats to this podcast on two of the people on this podcast for getting the out the exact outcome they would have wanted. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, well, not the exact. I mean, specific to that game, yeah, but I'd, yeah, I'd much that's rather... that's what I mean, specific to the game. I don't mean... Watch the Lick pick up that trophy and celebrate Yeah, it was, it was, it was a bad game. Yeah, like, the, if, well, if, St. You know, if St. Louis hoists the cup this year, it's the outcome I want, but it's not the exact outcome that I want. Well, both of the European finals are bad. Yeah. Yeah, Chelsea just obliterate Arsenal 4-1. Oh, my, was, my former adopted team. Yeah, absolutely horrific. Uh, and then you had this one, which just wasn't particularly great. And the, to compound the fact that the European, the, the Europa final, uh, that four-one drubbing, the game itself wasn't very good, and it was also played in a country uh, where one player from Arsenal couldn't even go to the game because his life was threatened. So yeah, he, you know, he, not a good idea to have. Thought, he legitimately thought if he went and played, he might get assassinated. Well, they couldn't guarantee his safety. Um, I don't, and the, I don't want to this, tell. I don't want to tell a uh, billion-dollar sporting industry how to do their job. But um, if uh, there's a player who can go to a country or a city and not feel like they might get assassinated, maybe you should just not have games in that city. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the people that were responsible for making that decision, um, they all are involved with. Some pretty shady business dealings. Like, imagine if, if like, Sid couldn't go to Montreal for fear he'd get murdered. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's no different, you know? I mean, imagine if, yeah, that, that, that's an apt analogy. Like, imagine that there was some kind of dispute over, you know, um, a territory. He's stopped speaking French. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so anyway, sorry. Yeah. Not, not to make light of something that's very serious and very political, but... Mike, Mike, you're gonna want to if you have a, a drink, uh, make sure you pour one out for uh, Andy Carroll, uh, who uh, today uh, or this week ended his career uh, oh, at West Ham. Yeah, it's over for him. Yeah. So, so over at West Ham or over? All oh the no, other? just uh, just at West Ham. He's 100 percent going to China. There's no question about that. That would get big money. Uh, big huge money to play 30 percent on average of the games that he's he, eligible to so participate in. So is he in. leaving? <laughs> West Ham will get nothing for him, or correct? Yeah, yeah, correct. It's it, they're viewing it as a reduction in like the wage bill and just saying yeah. like this is money because he was making a lot of money per well, week, he, and and he's going to make a lot more than that in China. Oh sure, yeah. The amount of vodka you could buy with that salary is going to be <laughs> downright insane. Anyway, there was this. There was a song we sang, Pat, at West Ham. Um, the lyrics were, uh, "Andy Carroll's having a party. Bring your vodka and your Charlie." <laughs> and that was it. When he would score, you'd literally just <laughs> sing that in the stands, and he seemed to like it. So, if there's if there's one thing that I think is cool as shit for Premier League and soccer and the whole nine is just. The chance and the crowds and the hooligans, it's just the coolest damn thing. Yeah. Um, I will say, Mike, if you haven't seen the, uh, uh, we call them kits, Uh, if you haven't seen the jerseys for West Ham next year, make sure you check them out. They're beautiful. I believe I have because I saw you talking about it. Yeah, it's like a throwback to the 1980 uh, FA Cup championship. Have you seen the new Barcelona ones? No. It's rumored, but it looks like a Croatia international kit, but Barcelona colors. Mm. It's it's really ugly. So, question: mm. 
how did we get here? I don't know. I don't know either. Oh, I wanted to read that tweet. Ah. It's my fault. Oh, and, and it was right after you were giving me shit for short people propaganda. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my cat just uh, destroyed did he, something upstairs. Did he, did he fall? No, no. I think he's uh, pushing things off of tables. <laughs> Just like more of a gravity experimentation period in his life. <laughs> That's actually the constant. Um. Anyway, I was I gonna. What was I gonna say? Holy <laughs> <laughs> goddamn cat ruined my son of son of a bitch. Does anybody else have anything before we give the wheel to Mike? Um. Go Blues, in my opinion. I got some stuff saved for post correspondences, though. Um, in what, in what context? Um, I wanted to circle back on something we talked about a few weeks back. Okay. Do you, okay. Do you care to discuss the draft at all? Um, not yet. No. Okay. We'll get, okay. we'll get, we're TBD. No, I got some stuff. I just, I'm not ready to okay. go public with it yet. Okay. It makes um, it sound way more official than it actually. Do you think the Penguins are going to keep their first round pick? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay, I hope yeah, so. 100%. It, it, I hope so I did, for um, I did a, a mock, I hope for, did a mock I draft hope so. um, with this website, Puck77.com, and I kept trying to find like ways to move up mm-hmm. or like to get another like second rounder maybe, and it's really hard. Yeah. They just don't have like the juice to do it. If the, it's going to be difficult to pull it off. I mean, the, the teams who are able to move up to get another second are teams who have acquired – Multiple thirds, multiple fourths, yeah. stuff like that. And if they if they yeah. if they wanted to move up, which I don't know how plausible it would be, but like if there's one team they should talk to in anything in, for anybody is basically just call Vancouver. Yeah, like they are open for business. Yeah, I hear they're trying to acquire Zaitsev from Toronto. They're trying to acquire everybody, like literally everybody. And it, I mean, they, they're ho- in partially because they're hosting the draft, partially because they're run by Jim Benning. But they are making it known they're active. So if there's anybody that wants to move up in the NHL draft, call Vancouver. Yeah, teams who are hosting definitely. Teams who are hosting like to make a splash. Jordan Stahl got traded at the yeah. NHL draft in Pittsburgh. I think oh, I saw Vancouver I, come out today too, guys. By the way, and say that their like priority, or like one of their big priorities, is like keeping Jake Verdon in, or, or uh, Vertanen. And I was like, oh. that's not a horrible idea though, because Vertanen's not. I mean, but he, they're gonna. I feel like they're gonna, or, or they're gonna screw it up somehow, right? Yeah, I feel like he's the kind of player that if he were moved, he could be great change of scenery by low kind of deal. Definitely. And before we hand the wheel over to Mike, sort of speaking of Mike as well, thanks to his website, Pensburg, uh, and also speaking of Jordan Stahl, it's the 10-year anniversary of Jordan Stahl's game for a shorthanded goal. Yeah. Ten Unbelievable. Too. Oh, my God. Wait, Mike, I had a question I wanted to ask you uh, live on the show. Is this fun? I, no, I heard something out of, come out of somebody's mouth tonight. <laughs> Um, but what I think I, when I heard it, I was going to text you and I was like, you know what? I'll save it for the podcast. Okay. I was at dinner. Um, my wife and I went to dinner tonight. Another one. I don't think either of us felt like cooking. 
Um, and it was sitting next to the table of like these late twenty somethings. Okay. Uh, just loud and obnoxious. They were like talking about their friends, but like in the process of talking about their friends, were like just talking shit on everyone they knew. You know, like. Or are they talking shit on me? No, no, no. They don't know you. Um, okay. So, but this guy has been. They're talking about a friend of theirs. Okay. And this friend has taken up photography as a hobby. Okay. Okay. So they're telling the story of how this guy, you know, um, spent all this money on a camera and has been getting into photography. And this friend of theirs who is having a wedding on a budget. And if you're wondering how I know all this, again, they were speaking at a volume <laughs> that was like significantly louder than everyone in the tri-state area. Is this why you have a headache? No, no, that's totally unreal. I just have a, I always have a headache. Anyway, um, so long story short, they're, they're talking about this kid, spent all this money on a camera, right? And their friend is having this like wedding. They don't have a lot of money and they ask him to take the photos, okay? okay. Now, the photos came out well, Okay. But they're, they're, what they were saying at the table was anyone can buy an expensive camera and instantly be a good photographer. All right. Let's fight. Yeah. No, I, I need your take on this because even as somebody who – like the only photos I've ever taken are like with either a disposable no, camera no, or my iPhone. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm, ready, I'm ready to – I got a full tank of gas. I'm ready to hop on the way to Baltimore right now. Don't drive anywhere, first of all, because <laughs> – I'm, I'm in Pittsburgh, so this oh, <laughs> do that. But um, no, but yeah, I mean, like, I, am I wrong? Like, I feel like if you gave me like a, an eleven hundred dollar camera and be like, take good pictures with this, I'd be like, they'd they'd look like you yeah. gave an eleven hundred dollar camera to a toddler. Correct. <laughs> I mean, like, be all blurry and shit. <laughs> like, is that somebody's knees? Yes. You you can take great pictures with a shitty camera. You can take great pictures with a very nice camera. You gotta, you gotta know how to use it. Yeah, you know, it's like Drake said. You gotta, you gotta know the mangles. Yeah, two Drake references I, in one pod, huh? Wow, uh, you give me enough time, baby. I'll bust out a third one. Anyway, speaking of Drake, drop the beats. All right. Um see what we got here i don't have a whole lot um i just i lack any ability to be artistic which i guess is like an ironic thing to say because like people are like going to say like oh you're right about hockey but i can't draw anything like i can't take good pictures like i don't have that eye it's it's weird like you either see things from a visual perspective or you don't i i don't feel like i feel like there's not much middle ground yeah, I mean, that's been my experience. Pretty much. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, Pit Sports Fan asks, what's on your bucket list? Oh, damn. Um, I want to kiss the Blarney Stone in Ireland. Okay, wow. All I, I first heard I want to kiss, and I was like, where is this going to go? <laughs> I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and I think Pat would be like, I would like to. I would like. Late I, night dying alive. <laughs> <laughs> The night uh, shift on Dying Alive taking you that one, I've never been in love <laughs> What a funny your, love <laughs> Your dog loves you, Pat uh, I don't know about all that um, 
You know what? I don't. I don't know. Like, what's my bucket list? Machu Picchu. That'd be dope. Um, I just think it would be awesome to go to Australia. Fight a kangaroo? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't want to do that. But that actually, now you mention it, like because that is a thing that could happen. Maybe I'll rescind. They could fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of stuff in Australia that could fuck you. Up. Maybe I'll just stay home. Well, the song uh, "Highway to Hell" is all about that one stretch of highway in Australia that's basically uninhabitable. Really? Yeah. Oh. I did not know that. Today I learned. Yeah. Uh, an accountant by the name of Full Rossi, as in Rob Rossi going full Rob Rossi. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so I don't know how to refer to this person otherwise. Asks, who's a penguin you wish had won the cup in 09, 16, or 17, but got traded or signed a year too early, or I guess you could say too late? Other than the obvious answer of Nick Spalling. <laughs> uh, uh, I would say probably, I mean, I know the... the like, I would honestly say, like, Nick Spalling's not the obvious answer there. But no, no, I think that was... I think yeah, that was the joke. Oh, okay. Right, um, I didn't see the tweet, so... The trade of him kind of kicked off the Penguins towards winning... But I would say probably Ryan Whitney. He was a, he was a good soldier for the Penguins. Yeah, I'll, I'll go in, I'll go a similar similar route as you, Mike. I was going to say Colby Armstrong. Yeah, that's that was going to be mine. Yeah, I mean, you think guys, those guys were there for several very bad years. Well, like, we had to sacrifice old Colby to make the damn thing. Well, although I guess we didn't win with Hosa, so it doesn't really matter. But. I would have loved to. I would have loved to for him to get one. Well, I remember yeah. uh, somebody interviewed Colby Armstrong when they made their run to the final in '08 when he was traded, and he basically was like, "It was the hardest thing in the world for me to watch because, like, I can imagine because you, you think about on, especially on like Spit and Chicklets, like anytime Colby goes on there, him and Wit talk about um, their time in Wilkes Barre and their time with Michelle Terrian in Pittsburgh." Like they were part of the core that won in '09. They just got shipped out. Like they grew up with all the big names and uh, that are that stayed on the team. No, it's, yeah, it's just the John Collin uh, situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, even even if, even if the '09 season had gone differently in that February, Ryan Whitney probably doesn't get traded. Was John Collin obviously is like the reason the Penguins won a cup? Because um, you know, I mean, the trade was just he was such an integral part of it. They didn't, they don't get what they get if they don't give up John Collin, but it still sucked as a kid because you, you know, did they, it was such a large reason why the Penguins were so good. Did they trade Whitney in '09? Whitney for Chris Kunitz. Kunitz yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and Eric yeah. Tangrady. Yeah, because that's what um, that's Wit's bitch. Every time he talks about the Penguins, he's like, yeah, I can't escape Chris Kunitz. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest with you, I've never listened to Spit and Chicklets. It's all right. It's. <laughs> I want to sell it. No, I haven't listened for one specific reason, and it's because of the umbrella that it falls under. I, I agree, and, but I will listen to, like, the clips when, like, they talk about... Oh, is that bar... What is that, Barstool? Yeah, it is. Oh, that's right. That's right. Because anytime people will always say to me, I, I hate Barstool, except... I, yeah. I, I listen to it when they have, like, somebody clips out, like, them talking about 
the Penguins in the mid two thousands. Well, I listened to Joe Vitale uh, on there. I, I, I listened. I listened to that clip. It was really good. Yeah, no, it was a really good clip. Yeah, the the story he had about uh, Crosby and his superstitions, telling him the same story before every game during their win streak. Yeah. Oh yeah, we went to here. It was great. <laughs> I Dude, that's, to this that, that was the wildest. Thirteen times. Honestly, like people. Oh my god, like people. I don't think people have any idea. He was probably doing that shit to everybody. <laughs> like Sidney Crosby was probably like intentionally trying to Bill Murray himself, like a Groundhog Day situation. You're, like, you're talking. I, you're talking about the guy who. <laughs> Wouldn't or wouldn't touch his feet to the floor of a bus while it was moving because he got hurt in a game where that happened. Yeah, he picks his feet up over uh, railroad tracks. Um, anytime they go over train tracks, he picks his feet up. Hell, if you just go to a game, most people don't realize this, guys. But if you just go to a hockey game, any game, I don't care which one it is, playoffs, regular season, watch the warm up because you could time his warm-up activities down to the second. Mm-hmm. The moment the clock for the warm-up, I think, Mike, I was. I think I pointed this out to you when we went to a game once, Mike. When, they, when the clock on the warm-up hits five minutes to go, he'll skate to center ice, uh, kneel down, and re- retie his skates right, skate first. Yeah. Every fucking game. It's like clockwork. And, then, and, and you, you watch the, the McDonald's uh, Yeah, I was logo. just going to say, that's either yeah. before or after... He ties his skates. He dangles the McDonald's logo and, like, just stick handles around the points and the M. Yeah, I mean, that's um, good news for McDonald's. They're never going to lose the Penguins contract. <laughs> they, they have no – yeah, they, they literally – They have no choice. Penguins have no choice. Yeah, they have to continue to renew it. Um, let's see what – Mark asks, who's one player from across the entire NHL that you wanted to see play for the Penguins can be from the past or from today's league? So it's just like a player that I liked that I never got to see play for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. My first Can I pick Marcus Naslin? <laughs> <laughs> My first initial reaction to this was I actually ended up seeing it, and that was Jerome McGinley. If I had to go with a current player, staying topical on the Stanley Cup final, Vladimir Tarasenko. That'd be good. That'd be dope. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, that'd be real dope. How I'd love to watch Brad Marchand on the Penguins. Yeah. Well, I remember there was like an eight-minute window where there was talk of him going into a contract year, and people were like, oh, I wonder if he's available. And then he signed his extension. Yeah. Um, Daniel asks, who are the best athletes with non-athletic-sounding names? That's interesting. I mean, anybody, I, anybody that has a nickname or name Bubba. How, yeah, Bubba Wallace. Yeah, Bubba yes. Watson. Yeah. Or how about? Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I have a Stanley Cup final answer again. Rob Thomas. Oh, that was smooth. I would go. I'd go off the board and go with like any any football player internationally that only has one name, like Pedro. Yeah. Who, like you who, just say like, you, oh yeah, you, like, you legitimately have no idea what any of their other names are. Yeah, you like have no idea what you're getting. It could be like a really good like. I for Liverpool, for example, I have zero idea what Fabinho's real name is. Yeah. Um. How about Dick Trickle? <laughs> oh yeah, the NASCAR driver. Or wait, was that, yeah. was that, that was a NASCAR driver. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Oh, that's it. That's the one. Yeah. Uh, David James asks, how many miles can you presently run before fear of death sets in? My answer is not fun because I, I run a couple times a week. Yeah, I'm going to go with 13. Oh, um, I would say probably like currently probably like five. I could probably get to 10 or 12. Yeah, I, I don't think I could get past 12, Pat. I think I could get to, if I got I, I'm saying like even like eight or nine is going to be really hard. I think the I just did a 5K like last month, so I know I could knock three point something out. You know, <laughs> the last time I did the Lemieux six point six k, I threw up after high five in Lemieux. Was it because you were nervous? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go, let's with, go that. with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, getting, uh, old. getting old sucks, guys. Chris Kraft asks if you could golf any hole, what would it be? He says number seventeen at Sawgrass. Well, I played a replica hole of seventeen at Sawgrass. There's a place in um, South Carolina, down by Myrtle Beach, called the World Tour, mm-hmm. and uh, it's thirty six holes, and they're all replicas. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, so I played. I remember. I'm trying to remember what else there was. There was one in eighteen with St Andrews, one in eighteen. Uh, oh yeah, because um, which I, were my I, favorite I, holes because. They were just wide. You couldn't hit anything. And there were pot bunkers. Don't get me wrong. Those suck. But um, I you know, you're not time, missing the fairway. <laughs> I have a hard time picking just one. Cause and I will a- tell you, I put the I put the ball uh, on 17. Um, 17's the island, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I put the ball on the <laughs> island. It was to the right, and it bounced in the water. One bounced in. But uh, I did hit the green. <sighs> Probably a cliche answer, Augusta number 12. Yeah, that's the one I was going to go with, Augusta 12. Either that or Pebble Beach number 18. Yeah, that's a hard one to do a replica of because oh. you need clips and shit. Uh, um, <laughs> the uh, the Hilton Head Lighthouse Hole. Oh, yeah. I played the course, adja- one, I played one, the course adjacent to that in 2008. One of the others I'm thinking I will never have enough money to be able to afford to play there. Oakmont number four with the uh, church pew bunkers. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, well, how f- I saw you guys posting uh, pictures today of the par three. Yes. You both put on the green. How far was that? It's only like 110 yards. Still. Got it's, a little, it's a little downhill and we both put it on. But it's, yeah. it's downhill and there's literally no fairway. Yeah, there's a wall protecting the front of the green. Hate that. Yeah, like it's either you, um, it's either you put it on the green, you put it over the green, or you dump it down into the woods. How do we all feel now that uh, Jeopardy James runs over? I'm indifferent. All I know is that Ken Jennings is in heaven somewhere, smiling. Did Ken Jennings die? No. Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> oh, shit. Like, he broke my neck. I was like, wait, I thought I, I, thought I heard him comment on Jeopardy games. Like, let's go, to, let's, go to, let's go to Ken Jennings from the afterlife. <laughs> Ken, could you chime in on this? <laughs> I didn't think I'd actually get you with it. <laughs> dude, his, his interview is so long. You, you could have let me go with that for a while. I oh, dude, fuck. his interviews are so long because somebody has to fucking get a Ouija board out and <laughs> translate everything he's actually saying. Former Jeopardy champ, 
How do you feel about James? And everything comes back in the form of a question. It makes it harder. <laughs> he said, who is James? <laughs> is that... <laughs> is that an answer or is he actually asking? <laughs> uh, I got a couple more here. Pillsbury Joe asks, Tristan Jari is going to be dealt because he's out of options. Yes. Well, um, Emil Larmy's uh, contract doesn't help him any. Uh, now, and you kind of get the impression. I have, a, I have a question about that, too. Sure. Uh, question is from Meta. Thoughts on Emil Army and what this signing could mean for Tristan Jari and any goaltending moves this offseason, if anything? Now, I think Emil Army is better than Tristan Jari is like right now. Well, I like him just for the fact that his swear bio literally translates to, yes, Capo, Capo, Capo scored, scored on, on me. me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Multiple times. <laughs> is there is there any chance Capo Caco goes number one? Nah. No. I didn't, nah, I didn't uh, Capo Caco's a ranger. Yeah. It's unfortunate. <clears throat> we'll I mean, see. there's a it. You know, you're you're getting into the territory though, of where it's like, does it make a difference? Yeah. You know, like, is there a difference here between these players? Other than wing versus center, right? Right, but impact wise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last question is from Flagrant Swag. Which direction, if any, do you see the play of the NHL going after this cup final is over? Um, is flagrant, it going, flagrant Swag is the name of my first mixtape. Yeah. Uh, is it going to slow down, get more physical, etc.? Speaking towards the copycat essence of the league. And notes, love the show. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> Are we going to do this all better. goddamn show? <laughs> That was really creepy. Um, I'm afraid to say anything now for fear of the jinx. Well, no, I, I, damn I, it. I, 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 like I said earlier, though, I think this is a myth. I don't think this is actually like how these teams play. I think that, uh, you know. Yeah. yeah, I think this is different than like 2016 when the Penguins injected their team with a ton of speed that they didn't have before that. And I also think – for as dumb as NHL GMs can be, they're going to look at this this final and not fall into the misuse narrative of like, oh, these are big, heavy teams. Like, no, you go down these rosters. These are fast, talented teams. Sure, somebody dumb is going to misinterpret it. There's no question about oh, that. Oh, yeah, there's going to be an Edmonton, a Vancouver, an Anaheim that's like, oh, well, St. Louis made the final. Look how big they are. So we got to get all the big guys, and then they're going to finish last in their division and not understand why it happened. You know what? Next year when we do um, uh, our over-unders, let's include how many games does Dave Tippett win in Edmonton. Make sure somebody write that down. Hey, by the way, shout-out to the Newfoundland Growlers. Uh, they won the fake Kelly Cup tonight. I was gonna ask: Are they able to? Are they able to? Were uh, they able to pick up a real trophy? Or no? So, so flashing back thirty seconds, talking about St. Louis and general managers. How much money is Pat Maroon going to get on July first? Oh, he's getting paid. But that, I mean, but that was the, that was the plan. He took the one year, prove it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's gonna, he he might get like a Milan Lucic contract. And, th- and that's that's the damned if you do, damned if you don't thing. Like, he had such a good year that he earned that money. But at the same time, you don't want to give him that money because of who he is. But also, somebody else is going to give him that money. So you might as well give him that money. Mm. 
31 yeah. years 31 years old <laughs> I feel like this is uh, the summer where you might finally get an offer sheet to for somebody I, I hope so yeah they're spicy grow up well I think with you know? with so many <laughs> with so many RFAs and so many enticing UFAs it, it, for once we actually have a chance for an exciting off season. Oh, what was it? Patrick Line said he needs to look at all options on the table. Yeah, if, if if Winnipeg doesn't match his contract demands, he will be forced to look at all options on the table. Yeah, was the quote. Um, I also think that I'm interested to see what, and I know we try not to talk about very often. Interested to see what Toronto does. Hopefully, continue losing. And it's nice. it's not even so much for the Marner stuff. It's more for Marlowe. I'm curious to see if there's a team out there that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna Bless that's you. gonna trade for him and do the Colorado thing. Like yeah, trade for him, buy him out. He goes back. But what is Toronto uh, going to say? 30, 35 plus deal though. So it's going to be somebody who needs a ton of space, or it's going to need to be somebody who has a ton of space. And obviously Eric Carlson. That's I'm. I can't wait to see what he does. Yeah. Apparently he's interested possibly in going back to Ottawa. Hmm. Yeah, sure. Well, I, t- I too want to go back to middle school. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Anybody? No, that, that's a legitimate thing. Uh, no, I, not you. I mean him. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, not not you personally, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have that's asked you. myself that question several times. Um, Anybody plug any? Anybody want to? Anybody got anything they want to? I, I got. I guess the draft stuff probably start next week for me. You said you wanted to cycle back to something, right? Oh. Oh, uh, I didn't get a chance to catch up on the last episode. Uh, when I know that you guys did the movie thing with Mike, but um, how pissed are we about Thrones? Oh man, I wasn't really. I was at peace with how it all ended. I think I'd have been less pissed if if, if social media didn't exist, because then like people were pointing out things that I didn't even notice that I got even more pissed about them. I I'm firmly in the camp of I like where we ended. I don't like how we got there. Okay, yeah, amen to that. That's that's yeah, and I mean I'm I'm a proponent of the fact that it's very hard to properly wrap up a television series in general especially one with 1400 different characters in nine different locations yeah which 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 isn't an excuse i Um, I also i also but it is a difficult thing to do i think breaking bad set the bar on how to wrap up a series and i don't think anybody will ever match that i agree with you i also my pop psychologist pop um sociologist uh, self on Twitter was like, I also think we as a society fucking cannot let anything ever, like, we can't just let anything go. Like, really, Yeah, everybody likes the bitch. No, 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 no. I mean, like, we, we, ne- we want nothing to end. We want everything to last forever. So I think a lot of people were just, like, uh, already had their mind made up. The finale sucks. I'm mad. Yeah, and it's just, but a, wi- a wise man once said, everything dies, baby. That's a fact. <laughs> That was a show that had a great ending. Um, all right. Well, this was episode 31. Uh, 
draft stuff soon. Mike, you got anything you want to sell? Anything you want to plug to the people? Not at the moment. Patrick? Nope, off-season city. All right, well, we're going to continue on our uh, semi-sabbaticals, and uh, we'll be back to talk to you more about the Stanley Cup final, and uh, uh, we may we may do an emergency podcast if anything happens with Phil Kessel. See you. See you. <laughs>